This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Montana Representative Matt Rosendale has voted against a resolution supporting the people of Ukraine in their war against Russia. The bill passed 426 to 3. Rosendale, Montana's only vote in the U.S. House, was joined by fellow Republican Representative Paul Gosser of Arizona and Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Rosendale's vote follows a historical pattern. Montana Representative Jeanette Rankin voted against U.S. participation in both World War I in 1917 and World War II in 1941. She was defeated in the next election in both cases. Montana's two U.S. senators have called upon President Joe Biden to reconsider the Keystone XL pipeline project and increase domestic energy production following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Both Senator Steve Daines and Senator John Tester have supported the Keystone XL pipeline in the past. The pipeline would have run from Alberta to Texas, including Baker, Montana, where oil from the Bakken would have been added. On Wednesday, Democratic Senator John Tester urged the Biden administration to immediately work to increase domestic energy production as an effort to protect American consumers from spiking gasoline prices and reduce dependence on foreign oil and gas production. Quote, as our nation unites to confront President Vladimir Putin's reckless actions, strengthening our energy independence from enemies like Russia must be a priority. Tester wrote that in a letter to the Secretaries of Energy, State, and Interior. I believe it is critically important to immediately use the tools at our disposal to increase domestic energy production to protect American consumers from spiking gasoline prices and isolate President Putin and his oligarchs. Montanans are facing gas prices that are, on average, a dollar higher than they were a year ago. Tester's call for action came after Danes rebuked President Biden for revoking the permit for the pipeline on his first day in office. Quote, President Biden set us on a dangerous path when he decided to kill the Keystone XL pipeline on day one in office. What's happening in Russia and Europe is a stark reminder of the need to support American energy development, not hinder it. Energy security is national security, and a global energy dominant America is a safer world. Biden must restart the Keystone XL pipeline now. Had the Keystone pipeline been completed, it would have been able to transport 830,000 barrels a day of oil. According to U.S. Energy Information Administration, the United States imports about 671,000 barrels a day from Russia. Montana's governor has asked state agencies to review assets and operations for any that may benefit the Russian government or its war against Ukraine and to suggest ways to divest them. The Montana Board of Investments, which oversees nearly $25 billion in assets held by the state's pension fund, workers' compensation fund, and money held by schools, universities, and local governments, has identified about $15 million in assets that are, quote, tied to Russian interests, 
That's according to Dan Villa, the board's executive director. Quote, The state of Montana will not support Russia's war against Ukraine through our assets or operations. Gene Forty wrote that in a letter to agency directors. We will do all we can to remove any benefit that supports or advances Russia's vicious war machine. Montana stands with Ukraine. The U.S. and its allies have enacted sanctions against Russia's financial system and against Vladimir Putin and Russian business oligarchs. Many other U.S. states are looking to divest investments tied to Russia. Gianforte tweeted on Monday that he was reviewing its holdings for any that may benefit Putin, the oligarchs, and the war against Ukraine. Wednesday's letter was a formal written request to the agency directors. Quote, I think it's prudent to begin the process of exiting our Russian assets. That's Villa again. He told that to the Montana State News Bureau. The board will try to divest state holdings and other assets that could be affected by the economic fallout of Russia's war in Ukraine. Villa did not put a timeline on the divestment plans, saying any immediate sales could result in substantial losses. Lewis and Clark County District Judge Michael McMahon says he's running for the Montana Supreme Court to, quote, do the right thing from the bench. I'm very proud to be a judge, McMahon told reporters Wednesday in his Helena courtroom. I think it's important that all judges have direction from the Supreme Court that they can rely upon. And that's my goal to make sure, if I'm elected, to continue the process that Chief Justice McGrath, that's Mike McGrath, and the other justices have, in my view, maintained to a large extent. McMahon was elected to the bench in 2016 over Deanne Cooney, who was then-Governor Steve Bullock's pick to replace the retiring Judge Jeffrey Sherlock. On Tuesday, the Helena Ray's McMahon filed a challenge Supreme Court Justice Ingrid Gustafson, who's been on the high court since 2017 and is seeking re-election. McMahon describes his judicial philosophy as being a strict constructionist, one who eyes the exact language of the law when deciding a motion or a case. Quote, that's the kind of guidance I think district judges need from the Supreme Court, is that we have consistent application of rules and evidence, consistent applications of the rules of procedure, criminal procedure, so we're all playing on the same playing field, he said. Two Supreme Court justices are running for re-election. The other is Justice Jim Rice, a former Republican lawmaker appointed to the bench in 2001 by Governor Judy March. McMahon said Wednesday he's running against Gustafson because, in analyzing various Supreme Court opinions, he felt he aligns more closely with Rice. Quote, when I read his decisions, I see a lot I like from the standpoint of, let's say, the stricter construction. If that's fair to say, he said, that's not to say Judge Gustafson is not. Just analyzing their respective decisions, I see a difference. McMahon repeatedly waved off any notion that his statements were an attack on Gustafson's character on the bench. Instead, he pointed to their similarities in working in their communities and praised her, quote, tremendous work in foster care programs. 
Governor Greg Gianforti has shot and killed another trapped animal wearing a GPS collar. He shot a mountain lion while hunting on national forest land in the Paradise Valley last year. A legal hunt that still drew national media attention this week and criticism from some wildlife advocacy groups. The hunt was the subject of a Washington Post story this week that said the five-year-old male lion was wearing a GPS tracking collar fitted by Yellowstone National Park biologists. Gianforte hunted the animal using the aid of hounds to chase and tree the animal in the Custer Gallatin National Forest near Emigrant. The hunt happened near a private ranch owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Group director Robert E. Smith, who has donated to Gianforte's past political campaigns. Michael J. Robinson, a senior conservation advocate at the Center for Biological Diversity, said the animal be collared concerned him, quote, by killing a radio collared animal, it's not only the animal is lost to the ecosystem, but you also get a diminishment of our understanding of the natural world. Quote, these collars are a tremendous study tool for wildlife officials, end quote. And where Gianforte killed the cougar diminishes the ability to study the animals and the greater ecosystem, he said. Last February, Gianforte made national news after trapping and shooting a GPS-collared wolf in Park County. The governor received a written warning for failing to take the required wolf trapping class, which he told Montana News Bureau was a mistake. The wolf had also been fitted by the National Park Service with a GPS tracking collar. The Office of Attorney General Austin Knudsen has had to hire outside legal help at a cost of $120,000 so far this year to oversee about 40 civil cases, many of which challenged bills passed in the 2021 Republican-controlled legislature. Four civil attorneys have left the agency since January of 2021 when the Republican Knudsen was sworn in as Attorney General. That's according to spokesperson Kyler Narison. In explaining the reason for hiring the outside attorneys, Narison said, quote, Historically, civil litigation has not been a strength for the department. One of Austin's goals as Attorney General is to bring the Civil Bureau up to par with the legal ability and reputation of our Prosecution Services Bureau. It's been a year of mixed results for the Civil Bureau. It successfully defended a 2021 law that eliminated the Judicial Nominating Commission and now allows the governor to fill judicial vacancies that occur between elections. However, a judge struck down a law that allowed people to carry guns on college campuses. Another judge said the legislature violated the state constitution by making a late change to a campaign finance bill. A third judge has granted an injunction against bills that sought to further regulate abortion services while a case challenging the new laws proceeds. Other 2021 laws being challenged include one ending same-day voter registration, another that blocks paid ballot collection, and one that requires transgender people to undergo gender-affirming surgery before being able to change the gender on their birth certificate. 
While snowpack is normal in the mountains of the far northwestern part of Montana, snow in the rest of the state has not kept pace. As of March 1st, snowpack in the Bitterroot, Flathead, Lower Clark Fork, and Kootenai River watersheds is close to the 30-year average for the end of February. That's according to the U.S. Natural Resources Conservation Service Water Supply Summary. However, the hope for La Nina, a wetter weather pattern that didn't materialize, left other basins in the state with just 80 to 90 percent of their snowpack. The upper Clark Fork above Missoula is at 87 percent. The upper Yellowstone and Gallatin are 80 percent. Shields River Basin north of Livingston is worse off at 57 percent of average snowpack. In terms of precipitation, February ended up being a month of extremes across the state. It was dry in the west and northeast. The southeast and the region along the Rocky Mountain front got plenty of water, according to the University of Idaho Drought Tracker. The areas around Cutbank and Miles City received twice their normal precipitation for the month. Lincoln County and the northern portion of Blaine County including the Fort Belknap Reservation, had less than 25% of their normal precipitation. Experts say, fortunately, February was a fairly cold month, temperature swings aside, and provided little opportunity for the snowpack to melt. February's average temperature was normal in the west and north-central parts of the state, while it was about 4 degrees colder in the south-central and far eastern parts of the state. That trend could reverse in March. The long-term outlook for the month shows a chance of above-average precipitation in the western half of the state and below-average temperatures. That's according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, but those chances of more moisture diminish later in the spring. That might help the western part of the state, but it's needed across the whole state because much of Montana is still suffering from drought. While the U.S. drought monitor shows the state in better condition than it was at the end of 2021, a third of the state was in exceptional drought status compared to 5% now, 90% of the state is still abnormally dry or worse. The region along the Missouri River is doing the worst. Much of the West is still suffering from drought. Southern Idaho and portions of western Wyoming recorded the month of February as being the record driest for more than 100 years. California recorded one of the driest first two months of this year, after 2021 was the driest year in 100 years. Montana has one more month to recover because the April 1st snowpack measurements will provide the most accurate runoff forecasts. This first week of March is bringing plenty of moisture, although it's coming as rain, even at higher elevations. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, 
King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.